the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and I'm pleased to have with me today Hillary Simmons. Hillary, you're the executive director of a program called A Little Help. So, first of all, let's welcome you to the program. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm so happy to be here to share our work. And I guess the second question, or maybe the first question after the welcome, would be a little help. Who are we helping? A little help helps older adults. We have a lot of wonderful volunteers from the community who are supporting our older neighbors to live well in their own homes and in their communities, which has been so important uh, this year as it has been the last um, 15 years and beyond that we've uh, been in Denver. One of the things I noticed on your website under our mission and service model, I was I was really impressed with the research. AARP apparently found that 90% of older adults want to stay in their homes. I, I can tell you my parents would probably be one of those that would say yes in your survey. In fact, I also noticed you got started in the Washington Park area, which happens to be where my folks live. Oh, and, great. And with 90% of the adults wanting to stay in their homes, yet I know, for example, my stepfather, who's in his 80s now, he's having a harder time doing things around the house. Lawn work, for example, has been more difficult for him. And we were just talking before we started recording about the snow that seniors are going to need help shoveling. And so let's talk about, first of all, let's head to that 90% of older adults want to stay in their homes What kind of assistance do they need? A lot of times it is just the little things around the house that can chip away at a senior's independence um, and make it harder for them to age well in their homes. Um, Many folks end up needing to move, I I think, prematurely into an independent or assisted living facility um, because they aren't driving anymore or they aren't able to um, keep up with their uh, lawns and snow shoveling, as you mentioned. Um, so oftentimes it's just the little things that folks need a little bit of help with. Um, and, a, and a good neighbor down the road is usually more than willing. And sometimes it's um, harder to have those conversations and make those connections. And that's, that's what we're here for. We've got um, trained and background checked community volunteers, you know, often right from your neighborhood um, that can help our older adults with snow shoveling, with rides to the doctor or the grocery store, and with, um, with yard care and, and home help. So things like raking leaves, washing windows, cleaning the gutters once a year, um, just, just lots of little things that help you stay in your home. And so many people, I think it's higher than 90% um, if they did that poll again, want to age well in their own homes. They've been there for decades. They, they love their homes. I know I love my home, and I want to be there as long as I can, and uh, it just takes a little bit extra, and uh, there are so many good neighbors in every neighborhood that are, are willing to provide that help. We're just the facilitators. 
One of the things that your website also mentions is that when neighbors come together to help out, that tends to create a healthier atmosphere. Talk about those relationships and talk about why that indeed fosters a healthier relationship. Absolutely. At the root of all of our services um, is that social connection. It's it's really easy to become isolated and lonely in your home, and I think we're all experiencing some of that right now being um, pent up and, and trying to stay safe at home. Um, but older adults have had to deal with this um, for a lot longer and have an incredible resilience, um, but do need that, that social connection. So, you know, yes, we're raking your leaves and, and shoveling your snow, but at the heart of everything we're doing, we're making those connections. And, you know, it's a little tougher these days, and we have to be creative to make sure our older adults and our volunteering community members are safe. Um, but we're willing to get creative and make sure we're continuing to make those convers- or those connections. And we really do see beautiful connections happen, and it's really organic, and it's it's just based on neighborliness and friendli- friendliness and showing our older adults that that we care about them, that we see them on our blocks, we know they're there, and that we're here for them and can provide a little help. Um, we During the pandemic, we've had several folks, um, both volunteers and older adults, who have been doing uh, care calls. So they've been speaking on a regular basis, um, also been helping with grocery runs and prescription pickups and other essential errands so that our older adults can stay safe at home. And on both sides, both the volunteers and the older adults have said, I can't wait to meet my my person uh, when I'm able. And um, in times when we've had, um, when Colorado's been doing better with our um, COVID counts, we've had some folks meet up for a socially distanced coffee in the park. You know, they, they are wearing their masks until they're far enough apart and sipping coffee in the park. But um, it's just been beautiful to see those relationships happen and grow and um, just real connection happening, um, which which is tough these days. We also have lots of different um, virtual programming for our older adults to connect, um, and all those options are also phone-in, so we understand that not everybody has the devices or the Internet access at their homes to hop on a Zoom program, um, but we do things like Tough Talks where we um, talk about difficult subjects um, in a safe space, and um, those have phone-in options, so if folks aren't um, connected to the technology they might need to Zoom, um, they can call in and listen in and still be part of that conversation. Interesting word. There. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Interesting word you use, tough talks. And I can imagine what some of those topics would be. But tell us about some of those tough talks. And I can imagine that especially elderly people who may not have family in town may not have the resources to have those kind of talks. So what kind of subjects do you cover in those talks? That's a great point um, with people living far away, and um, and some of our Tough Talks can help facilitate those conversations among family members. So we've talked about when to give up the keys and, and to stop driving and then some of the resources around that, um, which can be a very tough conversation, and especially when adult children are involved in that decision-making and um, it's important to kind of have the tools to have those conversations. We've talked about... Um, elder safety in the community. We had um, the Denver police chief come and speak with us. We, uh, Our next one is on um, preventing scams and fraud. And, you know, in this more digital climate, more cyber crimes are occurring. Um, and at the beginning of the pandemic, um, some folks were offering to help and then, you know, leaving with the grocery money. So, um, you know, we just help folks um, be wary of that and understand some of the things that are happening um, 
that they can prevent and avoid. And you know, older adults are, are most targeted for those for those types of things. Uh, we had a tough talk last month on navigating self care during isolation. So, talking about how we we can keep ourselves healthy um, physically and emotionally during this difficult time. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of Gratitude Month, where every day we're sharing something that we're grateful for. And today it can just be the sunshine, um, but just making an intention of, of being grateful for what we do have, even though it can be it can be tough these days. So one tough question then that I'll ask you, and uh, I, I, to be honest, I'm asking this out of personal experience. My grandmother, who held on till she was 94 before she passed away, but one of the things that she had difficulty coming to grips with was even where she was going to be buried. And to, to be honest, that, that was a tough deal to talk through, to work through, to help her understand, to help her make a decision. And really the, uh, the conflict was she wanted to be buried near her husband who passed away many years. In fact, I never met my grandfather because he passed away when my, my father was in college. But his grave was so far away from other family members and one of the things that I mentioned to her, for example, is, Grandmother, if, you, if you're going to be buried there, that's okay if that's your wish, but you just need to know it's off the beaten path from where we now go as a family, and I think we would very seldom visit your grave. And if it's important for you that your family members would visit your grave, then you might consider being buried next to your family here. And so that was a tough thing to navigate. Have you had conversations like that? Yeah, that's a great um, example. So we, we've we done several different Tough Talks um, on end-of-life decision-making, and we, we bring together a panel of experts so that we can uh, we can hear multiple perspectives on, on some of these decisions. So um, you bring up a lot of good points there of, you know, what were her priorities and, and navigating that uh, with your family in a safe space and, and, again, having the tools to have that conversation is so important. Um, and, you know, we know that as a little help, as a community organization, we may not be the experts, but we're we're connected to a lot of them, and, and they can help with some of those um, decisions and things like the five wishes and um, uh, medical decision-making. You know, these things, are, if you're not talking about them in advance, they can be really difficult to leave to um, adult children to make decisions, um, especially if an older adult or you know, anybody with a living will is um, incapacitated in some way and can't express those wishes in times of crisis. So um, that's a great point to, to, to have those conversations in your family um, and, and know how to do that um, in a <laughs> safe and respectful way, I think, is really important. One of the things you mentioned, and we talked about family members of the elderly that may not live in the Denver area and do you sometimes involve those adult children in these conversations? Do you help sort of bring the conversation together, bring the parties together, as it were? I'm, I'm thinking especially sometimes we just mentioned that a lot of the older adults, 90 percent of older adults, don't want to go to a nursing home. They want to stay in their homes. And yet sometimes maybe the adult children might have a different idea. Maybe, maybe they don't feel safe for their elderly mother or father to be in a home alone, and so that's a, that's a conversation that has to be negotiated between those parties. Or do you, do you sometimes get involved in those kind of discussions? We can help some. We can help folks, uh, you know, facilitate some of those conversations and and make some of those decisions. Um, one thing that's really important for us we we want folks to age well in their homes as long as they're um, able to safely. Um, 
But if, if it's getting to the point where someone isn't able to be safe in their own homes, uh, and we are a little help, and um, we chose that name specifically, uh, we know that folks um, might need a higher level of care. And some of that can happen in the home with, you know, home health organizations um, and a lot of other great community-based options. Uh, but sometimes folks do need, you know, memory care level care or um, to go into assisted an assisted living facility. Uh, and we've helped folks make that transition, and, and many of our members have have remained members with us even though, you know, they don't need their yard work done anymore because of the connections they've made and, you know, they prefer to have a volunteer driver take them to the grocery store or in in these this case these days um, deliver groceries to their doorstep. Um, but, yeah, we, we can help with some of those conversations. That's not our main role, and we can also help bring in folks who um, specifically do, like, family counseling for those decisions. But um, we've certainly helped people... Um, navigate the unknowns of aging. Well, I'm so thankful for your organization. It's called A Little Help, and I'm talking with Hillary Simmons, who is the executive director. Hillary, uh, your website also talks about the elderly population here in Denver, and 30%, your website says, of Denver's metro's total population of 2.4 million people are baby boomers, and they're they're turning 65 and older and are probably in need of a little help, as your organization is called. So talk about this Denver outreach. I, I believe from your history you got started in the Washington Park area. How's, how's that going? Are you expanding? Are you able to meet more needs now in the metro area? And I noticed you're in other parts of the state of Colorado as well. Yes, um, great point. So we actually started um, in and around Washington Park, and our, the name of our organization 15 years ago was Washington Park Cares. Uh, and our board of directors then uh, realized we had a model that could impact and serve more older adults and community members um, than just the surrounding neighborhoods of Washington Park. So we started there in in three neighborhoods, and, you know, this is a very grassroots model. You know, we, we started with conversations around the coffee table and around the kitchen table. And, um, you know, it's it's a simple model, but there's a lot, you know, a lot of good meat to it, um, that it's neighbors helping neighbors. So uh, neighbors came together who are now in their um, late 90s and still live on the park, Um to, to form a little help after reading about the um, village movement, which started in Beacon Hill, Boston, and got some national attention. Um, but when our board decided to um, grow and that our impact could grow, uh, we brought on our first uh, full-time executive director, Dr. Paul Ramsey, uh, and his first task was to give us a new name. So we did focus groups and asked folks, you know, what they needed help with. And, and time and again, we would get the answer, oh, I don't need help, uh, but sometimes I need a little help raking or shoveling. So we said, okay, we'll be a little help. So um, that's our new name was born, and, and we were able to, to take that further. So uh, we do serve the Metro Denver area, um, including Jefferson County, and have two other locations throughout the state in northern Colorado and in the Roaring Fork Valley. So we've been really uh, grateful and thrilled to grow our impact to help more older adults throughout the state. We serve um, over a 1,000 older adults um, throughout our branches with um, over 2,500 community volunteers who have all been background checked and trained. So we're, we're making it work. We want to head back to that area of volunteers in just a few moments. But first, let's talk about how you do provide that little help. I'm, I'm on your website again, which, by the way, is a littlehelp.org. 
And under how we help, you've got listed transportation, home and yard, snow removal, calls and visits, respite, social activities and resources. Uh, that's a long list, but talk, talk about some of those. For example, transportation needs. Sometimes uh, the elderly just need a little help getting to doctor's appointments, for example, or perhaps to the grocery store. Talk, talk about that aspect. Yes. So um, I think transportation is a hugely important thing to offer for older adults because if you, if you have stopped driving or are uncomfortable driving in certain weather conditions or at night, um, your access to the community becomes so limited. And I think access um, and community connections are the name of the game. So making sure that you're able to, of course, access medical care and fresh food, um, but also, you know, your weekly standing hair appointment. And, um, you know, we still drive folks to the, the beauty corner with those, those big old... Uh, I'm making a motion that you can't see, but the, the the big things that go on top of your head and help bring your hair up. Um, we have folks that, you know, have, have been going there for 10 years uh, once a week and um, haven't driven in, in 10 years. So I think having that access is so vital and um, keeps people healthier longer as well. So, you know, we're talking about keeping people um, enabling and empowering people to age well in their homes for as long as they can. And I, I think we've seen among our, our older adults that um, folks are able to stay in their homes longer and more healthfully because of their participation in, in a little help, which is um, incredible to see, and, you know, decreased hospital readmission rates and recidivism, things like that. Um, it's just it's so important that, that folks have those services that they need and, um you know, before the pandemic, we, we would do a lot of grocery runs, and our volunteers aren't just uh, Uber drivers. They're, they're companion um, rides. So they're, when they're taking you to the grocery store, they're going in with you. They're taking half of your list um, and helping you shop. And then when you get home, putting things away into the cupboards and into the fridge. Um, so, you know, we say we're, we're door through door, arm through arm. And, of course, the pandemic has, you know, shifted what we've been able to do, and we've really... Um, transitioned into right away in, in mid, um, mid-March, mid we, we got everybody a, a grocery and errand volunteer to help do their grocery shopping and deliver it to their doorstep in a contactless way. So, um, you know, right now it's, it's changed, but um, it's important that people have access to their communities. So transportation before the pandemic was um, our most highly requested service um, and is just so important to the quality of life of our older adults. Um, and I think the same is true, um, you know, safety-wise, quality of life-wise, for those little things around the house. So making sure your snow is shoveled. Um, 11,000 people a year are um, gravely, maybe not gravely, but injured from um, snow shoveling accidents, slip and falls. And um, folks can have a lot of trouble after after a fall. The, um, the health outcomes for older adults after a fall um, can be fatal. So... Uh, it's important to have uh, have a little help with some of those things um, to keep our folks safe um, and proud of their homes that they've been in for decades. Tillery Simmons, Executive Director of A Little Help, we're talking about how this organization is helping our older adults here in the Denver area. Hillary, how about home and yard? What what I, uh, yard seems obvious? Cutting grass, raking leaves, shoveling snow, that kind of thing. What kind of help do you give around the home? 
So that's more on the light home cleaning side. So uh, we're not weekly housekeepers. It's hard to find volunteers that are able to (laughs) commit to that type of service, but we can help with monthly um, vacuuming and dusting. And um, during our service Saturdays in the spring and the fall when we knock out a bunch of our um, home and yard chores, we're helping with, like, home organization and cleaning up the cupboards and um, window washing inside and out and... um, you know, even even that is a powerful thing. You might not think about it, but just to be able to to see out clearly and to cut down those hedges and to to feel an active part of your community, uh, rather than being behind the hedges that are growing too high and behind the dirty windows, um, it's it's transformative. And um, yeah, it, it's it's little things around the house. You know, we're not going to take the place of um, a weekly housekeeper or of a daily person who would come in to help with. Uh, medication dispensing or meal preparation, but um, we can help with with those little things around the house um, and some handiwork, you know, changing a light bulb, fixing a drawer, putting in a new window pane. Um, you know, we, we're kind of a one call does it all is, has been one of the phrases that, you know, our members call and say, you know, I, I know you may not do this, but here's what I have going on. Um, and to be be that type of resource and to build those referral relationships with other community organizations and providers in in the neighborhood um, is so valuable that our that our older adults know they can call us and, and we can help them navigate. You mentioned older adults calling you, so let's talk about that. How, if an older adult feels like they have a need or feel like they need a little help, how do they contact you? Our office phone number is 720-242-9032. Three two, uh, and we would love to take your call and talk about what you've got going on. As you mentioned, our, our website is a littlehelp.org uh, with a lot of great information there, but um, especially with our older adults, we do a lot of our communication over the phone and um, can share with you more about what we do and, and how to get involved. And let's talk about then the volunteers. Obviously, you have talked about several different ways older adults are getting this help, but it's going to take people to do the driving, to do the grocery shopping, to maybe help with a, a small home repair or something around the house. So how, how do people volunteer? You mentioned, obviously, background checked and just making sure they get some training. So talk about that aspect if someone wants to get involved. Absolutely. So we're always taking new volunteers and are so happy when folks are able to give us just a little bit of time to help their older neighbors. It, it means so much and is really a meaningful volunteer opportunity. Um, and another u- unique thing I think about our volunteer program is that it's so flexible. It's on your schedule. We have a, a portal of um, requests that you can sift through and, and, and search by location and by what you want to do and see, you know, exactly what you want to do and when and and pick that up or not. So you really get to opt in and be flexible, and we have a lot of family-friendly opportunities as well. I know lots of folks uh, struggle to find places they can volunteer with their kids, and um, the more intergenerational, the better for us. So a littlehelp.org is the best way to sign up to volunteer. Um, You can do it right online in our Get Involved tab, and um, we can get you through the process. And we're always looking for volunteers, um, and there are lots of different ways to get involved on your time and schedule. Talk about the uh, training that volunteers would receive. So we do have um, online training options. We have a a video. We have a um, handbook that we send out as well, just so you get to know more about the organization and 
kind of the what ifs, you know, things come up and, and how to how to respond and how to um, get in touch with us. Um, and we also have lots of safety protocols right now for COVID. So we, uh, you know, in mid-March immediately began writing protocols for how our volunteers can safely serve. Um, we're certainly concerned about our older adults' um, well-being in this time of them being the most vulnerable to um, to this pandemic, but our, we're also certainly concerned about our, our volunteers' health as well. So we want to make sure that everybody can serve safely, um, and we've been getting that information out to all of our new volunteers on, you know, how to do a grocery run and leave it on the porch and, and get paid and all that um, good stuff. So uh, we have all those protocols in place um, and have all that training available to our volunteers, um, but it's, it's not burdensome. It's, it's mostly um, common sense and best judgment. Hillary Simmons, Executive Director of A Little Help. We're down to a minute, so Hillary, give us your elevator speech. What is A Little Help? A Little Help connects neighbors to help older adults thrive. We're mobilizing our community volunteers to help older adults with with little things around their home and yard um, and access to the community to make sure that they can age well in their homes and in their communities. It, it really is about the connections we're making between neighbors of all ages, um, and we encourage you to get involved in any way that you're able to. Please visit a littlehelp.org to learn more or give us a call at 720-242-9032. We look forward to speaking with you. And Hillary, just as we are getting ready to say goodbye, just one more time, let's give your website a little help.org, correct? Absolutely, yes. And that phone number one more time. 720-242-9032. Hillary Simmons, Executive Director of A Little Help, thank you so much for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.